look who's here. It's Michael Chiesa. You're in town? Yeah, I'm you're in, in town. town. Oh, we should do a podcast together. We should, yeah. Especially when you come in fresh off a 300-mile bike ride. Well, it was it was 80 miles, but, <laughs> you know, you've had quite your share of workouts today. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us. I mean, obviously, we all know Michael is in camp um, here in Vegas. I was here in Vegas for... A much less cool triathlon <laughs> camp, but still a camp nonetheless. And here we are. UFC 285 was also just here in Vegas. And John Jones has done it again, Michael. I mean, I, I think we just got to get right into it, right? Everybody that's yeah. going to be watching this show is going to want to know what, what our thoughts are on the potential GOAT, the return of John Jones, moving up to heavyweight, taking on Cyril Gan, and damn, making it look easy. Dude, that was one-way traffic. I mean, it was it was incredible to see. I mean, all the questions were answered. I mean, for myself, my the biggest thing I was really pondering was how is he going to move? How is he going to look with all the extra muscle and the size? And not that you know John Jones does his due diligence. He's a guy that's very meticulous. There's a lot of attention to detail. So I never thought, like, he's not going to be prepared to handle his body. But there's a big difference between training and game yeah, and time. Fight night. Yeah. Getting under the bright lights, the big stage, the big crowd, and having to move with your adrenaline flowing. And he just mauled him. I mean, he got him to the ground. I loved how he took him down against the fence and then hovered over the top of him. Sorry, I mean hover over the top of my <laughs> But he took him down and hovered over the top of him. And literally, it was, it was just like, pick your poison. Do you want to give up your back and get up? Do you want to fight this choke? What do you want to do? And John using all of his length to ride him and trap his wrists. I mean... It was, it was impressive. It was a masterclass. It was incredible. And we knew it was going to be the wrestling, right? And the mm -hmm. grappling of John Jones and the clinch in particular. Mm -hmm. And what's the first thing he did? He didn't have to go and shoot uh, from such distance. He waited for the right moment with the punch. He timed it perfectly. And did you see the little clip of Cejudo mm -hmm. and Jones a while back going over that exact how to, okay, can't get the back, just sneak around to the side, mm -hmm. stuff that head down, force him into that position. And obviously, when Sudo was talking about that, he said you might have to maintain this position for a while, you but you'll wear him out. He never even had to do that because he's no. also got. I mean, we, I think we sleep on the fact that Jones has got really good submission skills as well. From that position, he's put guys out. He put Leota Machida to sleep, and his body just flopped on the floor before. Um, and Cyril Gan, you could tell that 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 image of John just walking away mm -hmm. and Cyril kind of looking at him like singed oh, in his brain for the rest of his career. That's going to be ever. A tough one. And he even said it. He's like that one. That one hurt. He's lost before. He lost to Francis, but he felt like that one was because there was holes in his game, right? Yeah. But this one, you could tell he's like, I, I just got, there's, there's levels to this, and there's a reason that people say that he's potentially the greatest of all time. Is is he now the greatest of all time? I think we can lay that to rest. I mean, I think there's still people out there like, they're always going to find some way to argue that he's not, you know, yeah. and obviously there's things from his past, the shortcomings and things of that sort that people could bring into play. But when you just, for me at this point, I mean, for him to go out there and capture the heavyweight championship, I, I can honestly admit at this point, like, yeah, in my opinion, he is the goat. Some people are saying, well, when GSP, you know, he beat a defending middleweight champion to achieve double champ. Yeah. Cyril Gaon never got the title. I'm like such a formality, you know, Let's just appreciate what we're seeing right now instead of having to go find something to discredit him. Like, let's give the man his flowers. Comes yeah. back after a three-year layoff, and yeah, Cyril Gaon's not the heavyweight champ. But look at how he beat him. I mean, if you want to do perennial matchups and start doing MMA math, look how long it took Francis Ngannou to beat Cyril Gaon. Look how long it took John Jones. 
you know, so at this point, I mean, give the man his flowers. He, I think he is the greatest of all time. Yeah. He, and you know, I think it's got, we got to talk about the John Jones that we know can come out Mm -hmm. after celebrations, after big fight nights. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's really working on putting that to bed. Yeah. Moving on from that. I don't know if it's true. I heard through the uh, internet and stuff like that, that they actually flew him right home. Is that true? <laughs> Did that actually happen? I heard. No, that I saw. Flying. I just saw a video of him at Hakkasan. Oh, really? Yeah, but I think that they John. Flew this home. is the first time I've really heard John. You know, kind of come to terms with his demons and kind of address them publicly. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that he. I know Michael Eves kind of put him on the spot. Um, I mean, you have to at this point, right? Yeah. It's like, look, we can sit here and pretend, oh, what do you mean? Yeah. yeah checkered pass. It's like, no, you've done some dumb, dumb, stuff. dumb stuff. Yeah. And you're so damn good yeah. that you're just slapping everyone that supported you in the face. Yeah. But you can, like anything, like any problems in your life, you can put that stuff to bed and you can overcome that. And it's how you're going to handle it. And it seems hopefully, and yeah. we talked about it last week, that yeah. that's what we're hoping we're going to see. Yeah from john yeah you know and i think that he 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 he's a little more open about like not being perfect and it's good that he does that because it makes him more human it makes you more relatable to the fans when it's like when you have these things out in the public that everybody knows you've got hiccups there's 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 moments where you've really fudged up um i like that and i know i avoided the f word but shout out to (laughs) muhammad likes to use fudge fudge quite a bit a lot but uh it makes you more human and relatable when you're like, you know what? I've, I'm open. Yes, I have made mistakes, but I am a better man for it. And mm-hmm. I feel like that that was kind of the message that John was conveying. And he's, he really mentioned a lot, like having the right people around him. And I think that that is a, when you have, when you're on top of the world, everybody wants to ride the wave. And I think that for him, he finally trimmed the fat and he's got good mm-hmm. people around him. Trimmed the fat, but put on a little bit. Put, put on a little bit. Yeah. So hopefully this is the best version of John we're going to see. And when you talk about the best version of John that we're going to see, you already got to start talking about what's next for him. We know Stipe Miocic was this in This game, man. Yeah. You, you only get a little time to enjoy it. Yeah. In this game. And then you got Stipe then Miocic sitting front row. You know? Yeah, man. And I feel like they're already going to set up that fight for international fight. Is that – I mean, obviously that fight seems – that is the fight. But who, in your opinion, is the challenge? Stipe's next. But yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean you have to think that he is the one that can really give John – a run for his money. Who, what do you think of Stipe mm-hmm. and that fight? Mm-hmm. And then if you had to pick another heavyweight, I don't care where they are in the rankings. Yeah. Who do you think has that something that is going to challenge John? Historically, heavyweight has always been very forgiving to older fighters. I mean, a lot of heavyweights have had a lot of success at an older age. Um, and, you know, Stipe's getting up there. I mean, and not to mention inactivity. You know, what is – I don't know how Stipe trains in between fights. I know he still has his full-time job as a firefighter, which, by the way, I think that's so badass. I mean, you want to talk about, like, this guy is the heavyweight goat. This is the greatest heavyweight champion we've ever seen. And he did it all while fighting fires. Yeah, and doing doing the whole firehouse thing with those guys. It's incredible. Doing his shifts, it's nuts, bro. So, for you know, if Stipe could be his old form, he could give John some promise. But I just – Where do you think? Do you think it's – is it with the hands? Because the reach is what worries me so damn much yeah. um, when facing John Jones. I mean, yeah, I know we know Stipe can wrestle a bit, but how much of that has he been working as of late? That, that, and if you 
if you and you know this more than than I do, if you yeah. take big chunks of time off yeah. from really working your wrestling game, and then suddenly you're put in there with somebody like John, who seems to be going back to that type of work, yeah. and that's a problem. Well, I think that John, being the cerebral fighter he is, knows that that's where most for like 90% of heavyweights, their deficit, their deficit is wrestling, which leads me. That's my segue into who I think is going to be the guy that could threaten him the most. I've been saying this forever. Curtis blades Mm -hmm. has the tools to be a champion and people might, might think I sound crazy, but you just got to look at the landscape of how heavyweight has always been. The, The most dominant champions have always had wrestling in their back pocket. And Curtis Blades can wrestle with the best of them. And he's got pop in his hands now. We saw that in the Dawkins fight. We saw that in the Junior Dos Santos fight. He can knock people out now. He's now become a dual threat, but he still has that bread and butter of wrestling to where I don't think, I think John Jones could wrestle Stipe easier, easier than he could wrestle Curtis Blades. Mm. So he would force John into a stand-up fight. And would that favor John? Yes. But on the other side of it, could Blades wrestle Jones? Could he put Jones on his heels in the wrestling department? So I think that Curtis Blades, if he gets past, I, I think he's fighting Sergey Pavlovich. So if, I think if he can get so past next. Pavlovich, he's the guy. He's the yeah. guy. And I think yeah, that could be the next guy for John Jones after Stipe, given that he wins. But Johnny even kind of hinting that he, he kind of said, like, I have at least one more in me. Yeah. Said that at the post fight. I have at least one more in me, which. Is this your mystic way of saying, like, I'm going to fight Stipe, beat the greatest heavyweight champion we've ever seen, and then ride off in the sunset? That remains to be seen. But we'll see. I hope not because I am back on board. Like, let's, John Jones, if you keep winning, stick around. I'm I having a good time. I, I hope so too. And I think um, as long as he can avoid, obviously, getting severely hurt or any damage in these fights, I think for his livelihood, and he's still young enough. I, I think that it's smart for him to keep competitive, right? Because if he finds that drive again, it can clean up his life. There's something to focus on. If you walk away after the Stipe fight, you go win. You go win a ton of money. Now suddenly you're yeah, you're bored again. Mm-hmm. Bad things happen. And I'm not saying fight beyond what you should be. Not yeah. you know, don't, so, don't go past your expiration date. Yeah, but don't hey, I don't think he's near there yet. No. Um, he's got a lot of tread left I think at least tires. a few years. Time, time off can be beneficial. Like there is a real thing. I think the fans don't realize this, that obviously age is a big part in a, in a fighter's longevity, but fight years are so much different than your actual age. Yeah. So for, even though John's been around for so long, those three years off preserved, not getting some some of the fight years, wear and tear on the joints. Exactly. So they preserve some of the shelf life, but John Jones. Obviously, we can talk about John Jones and his comeback and yeah. that main event. But we got to get to the co-main event, too, yes. because, oh, my God. Wow. That was incredible. Okay, so listen. You set the scene. Yeah, set it up. Paul. I'm full. I'm in a house with 78 other guys, okay? So 78. Get your heads out of the gutter. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a triathlon training camp that I was in, right? Okay. But obviously, these guys know I'm a former fighter. I work for the UFC. They're super intrigued that it's fight night. Yeah. We just all happen to be in Vegas at the same time. So I get my fight pass out. We get it on the TV. We're all watching it. Everybody's asking, Paul, what, what, who's going to win? What do you got? They want to know all the info. I'm yeah. like, man, I'd probably bet the house that Shevchenko was going to go out there and dominate yeah. and maybe even get a finish. I look like an absolute <laughs> idiot. An absolute idiot. Here's the expert. Here's the guy that gets paid good money to go out and break these things down with you, yeah. my broadcast partners. And then I just look like a fool. It looked good early. Yeah. But man, how about it? 
dude. Dude, how about? And Alexa I've been Grasso? saying it ever since we started doing Roundup. I've said like I I'd love to go back and look at the sound bites. I say the same thing with Valentina every time. I'm like, yeah, that's a tough mountain to climb. That's a W. <laughs> that's a W. And wow, I will say this. Um, I was there live, and Grosso had moments early. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Her boxing looked, as always, and we mentioned it. Yeah. But it, it looked really clean. Yeah. But it looked like she never got frazzled, right? She stayed focused stayed on composed, the task. Even after the tough second round. She won yeah. the first, and then the second round, Valentina snuck her into that nice little crucifix position that she uses really well. And then that, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, we're seeing the momentum. Yeah, shift. might go back there and might be a finish the next now time. She's got, now she's going to have Grosso guessing. I will say this, Paul, that that finish, it went from zero to a million in that arena. <laughs> T-Mobile, it blew up because it happened so fast. Like, yeah. It's like when you talk about a momentum shift, like usually it's like, you know, you just progressively see the finish starting to happen or you just see that one fighter starting to really take the tide in the fight. And it was like, to me, Valentina was, the momentum was favoring her. And then that one spin kick. Back take choke. It happened so fast. It blew up. It was that was that was an incredible thing to see. Yeah. Uh, that's why we love mixed martial arts. I mean, I tell people that all the time. That's the beauty because of, of this those story. moments when the impossible happens right in front of you. And I've been in arenas for them when they yeah. happen. You have you were just there for yeah. yet another one, dude. It's there's nothing like that excitement. And even if you're not against either one of them. I have nothing against either of those fighters. Now I have absolutely a dog in the fight. love both of them. I think yeah. Alexa Gross is fantastic. I think Valentina is still an absolute beast. Yeah. But when somebody's been so dominant and you get to see that chapter end, yeah. it just creates all new excitement. Yeah. And now it's like, well, does she come back? Does she go fight somebody else? We're going to get to that. But yeah. And, and you know what? And we were just watching it yeah. a second ago. Yeah. The fact that that exact moment yeah. was rehearsed and practiced yeah. in the back before she went out there and did that. I mean, that exact scenario to a T. That's so crazy. And that's what that's the beauty of being a contender. When when someone is as dominant as Valentina Shevchenko, you have all the contenders that have all this footage of studying yeah. you. Like everybody's scheming to fight you. And Valentina has to just keep her focus on one person at a time while everyone else is gunning for her. And they're always gunning for you. They could be five fights away. Yeah. But you're a welterweight. Yeah. Who's the, you're looking at, who is the champion? For yeah. a while it was Kamar, right? You're just, how am I going to, what am I going to have to do? Yes, I'm fighting Lee. I'm doing this. Yeah. But the goal is that person. Yeah. Whereas, like you said, the champion is, okay, who, they can't be looking at everybody because yeah. it's literally everybody in the division. And look at now. I mean, flyweight now we have, we got Aaron Blanchfield waiting in the wings. Talia Santos took Valentina as, oh, dude, as far just got, as she could to the brink of defeat. Just got spicy. We got Gross, who is the champ. Like, the flyweight division has some serious depth now where it's like there's there's so many different options for contenders. Yeah. It's a really fun time for the flyweight division, which kind of leads me into my next question, Paul. Mm. Who do you think's next for Alexi Grasso? Hmm. I, you know, I almost I almost want to see Valentina take a little break. Yeah. And come back, fight another one of those top contenders. Yeah. And let the division move a little bit, right? Yeah. Let your let that and by the way, she handled that. Like she would no Such matter what, poise. right? I mean, poise, yeah. grace. So I got caught. I'll be back. Yeah. And she even gave a little dig to the rest of the division. Like yeah. maybe now you're ready to step up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> I like it. Um, 
it's tough to say. Cause yeah. I kind of feel the same as you, but I'm also I like, don't, you don't strike wanna... while the iron's hot because what if Valentina loses? Yeah. You know, because there's really, there's not an easy tune-up fight. There's not to, like an easy, like, go plug off a the contender, rankings, you know? So it's I can like, see it in front of me. This is something we should start doing ahead of time. It's yeah. printing out the rankings of the fights well, at that home, we're going to I usually have about. my laptop. I can usually, like, look to the camera and pull stuff up. Fly. Well, while you're doing that, Paul, oh, Manon Farrell, waiting in the wings. That's a good one. Too. Well, okay. How is Talia Santos? Tyler Tyler Santos, right? Santos. Yeah. How is she physically? She had some injuries that were preventing her from coming some, back. Because I, I mean, obviously, we wanted to see her and Valentina again. I think it was personal issues because she was supposed to fight yeah. Blanchfield, and then it, that's how it. That's draws. a shame because I mean, what a way to just slide her right back into contention. Because yeah, that fight with Valentina was incredible. Yeah, and then, I think uh, for Valentina though, you just can't risk it. I think that just like when when a champion as dominant as as Valentina comes up short. You have to strike with Iron Top and put him right in there on the rematch because there's not an easy tune-up fight for her. I mean, if you yeah. put her with Andrade, somebody that she's beat, maybe, but who are you going to match her with? Blanchfield, do you think that's going to get her back to a title shot? No, Blanchfield could do the same thing, maybe even better than Alexa Grosso. I think Blanchfield's the next real deal. So if, if Valentina no, pounds. you think Blanchfield's ready to jump in? Oh, I think Blanchfield's ready to jump in at the drop of a hat. I think you can call Oh, she's her. game. I'm you not could, saying you she's not going to say right yeah. now and be like, hey, do you want to fight Valentina Shevchenko in like an hour? damn, that last fight she, oh, So I'm issue. with you. I think those two are probably I don't want to, that's why I like to look because I don't want to miss somebody that then our haters come on and like, you I think you do. Idiots. I think you do Shevchenko and in in Grosso rematch, and then I think you do Blanchfield Santos one number one contender fight. I think that that's I think that's the fight to make. Maybe throw Manon Faro in there with Andrade, and have yourself a little little flyweight uh, little flyweight tournament. You know, I just think Manon would have issues with that. The way that Grosso mixes in boxing into her grappling yeah. now, it's showing those submission threats. I think she potentially gets gets finished I, yeah that's i mean obviously tatiana's gonna move back down yeah she but, just but wanted to get know. in i mean i'm sitting next to her at the now fight. she's got to be thinking i might be able to beat her because she beat grosso she beat her by rear naked this choke. could be yeah so she's sitting there probably like hmm, that might have changed this that, weekend may have changed what what um Tatiana Suarez is thinking about where God, she's going to go. Yeah. How did I even forget? Because now you got a W in the division. How did I even forget about that? That's, well, that's what just, I'm saying. The she just of, came back. Yeah, fought, that's though. true. But, I mean, for her to have a win over Grosso, her wheel's got to be turning. She's got to be thinking, yeah. like, maybe I should just jump in there. Suarez. She could do what Grosso did, but better. I mean, maybe not Listen, as good you of could a boxer. Be the female but then, you could be the next female double champ. You play your cards right here. That's true. You go out there. You start begging for this. You've been going, but she might. She might only be quiet because she just got back from yeah. a lot of injuries to deal with Dude. a long time off. I would like her to actually, I think if she's smart, I'm not saying she's not, she's not afraid to take it, yeah. but if she's smart, go get another W. Yeah. See how things play out. Cause I, I think, I think she's looking at the top of that division, including Valentina and thinking I could beat any of them. Take a flight, take a, take a straw weight fight, see how you feel and then make that. Yeah. Judgment. But doesn't, I mean, doesn't she, feel right. Move yeah, back up. Yeah. Her having a win over Grosso, she's got to be thinking. That's big. Listen, we're we're making moves here. We're, <laughs> we're making, making plans here, moves here at on UFC Roundup. Roundup. Guys, don't forget to send us your questions. Okay, hashtag yeah. UFC Roundup. Please. Please um, 
you know, send us a voice text on Instagram. <laughs> Tell us how your day's going. Send us a video. And let us know what sandwiches you guys I are eating. Out there. I, told I just you. had a burrito. You guys missed it. it I mean, I smashed it. Smelled great. I told you about the good. fan. I had a I had a guy come up to me at Caesar. Said he can't wait to see next one. Yeah, right? and it was it wasn't like hey Kiesa, how you doing? I'm just kind of standing in the elevator and I look up and he's like, hey, I can't wait for this week's episode of Roundup. I was like, that's right, Roundup. That's right, making moves. But hey, Shavcat. we're just trying to get uh, we're trying to get big sponsorship. Hey, so Shavcat anybody out there want? Oh yes, come on, come on. What I mean? <laughs> oh man! Now that boy can fight, fight. Oh my god. And Jeff Neal. Jeff oh, Neal is tough. Was like, I'm. I've got to get derail this hype train. Dude, I'm derailing this hype. Dude. You can tell he's digging from the back pocket. I'm like, oh. I'm gonna take your freaking head off your shoulders, man. And Shavkat just ate, ate some him. Nasty shots, dude. dude. And Jeff Neal. I mean, he's he, unarguably one of the hardest punchers in the UFC. No, Jeff it doesn't just, matter what weight. God, bro, go make make the wait. Well, miss money, man. You're missing out on money. Here's the thing. You gotta think. You gotta think. How is his body? Dude, I mean, after recovering from sepsis, yeah. like if you literally for, and look, I'm like you, Paul, and I'm a guy that I've missed weight, so I I know what that's like, but I also very much like it's inexcusable. Yeah. You know, it's it's I've 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 committed that crime myself, but I I still have a firm stance on it. I even it's it's my most embarrassing moment in my those career. Are great socks, by the way. You like those? A holes live forever. Yeah. yeah. Spelled. But for like Jeff. I got. I sympathize with a little bit because it's like, what? It, what damage is, is that? That yeah. whole COVID sepsis thing. What did it do to his body? But nonetheless, against all odds. But at least he came out and fought his and freaking laid ass it off. out. Yeah, I mean, dude, that was. And for the people that don't know, you know, this is the first time I think that they actually gave somebody that missed weight their bonus for fight of the night. I mean, how could you not? I mean, that he, was such he, a battle. That was an incredible fight. Jeff Neal had his moments. I mean, he he put some punches on Shavcat's chin. And Shavcat, you know he's a guy that likes to just slide right out of range. And Jeff Neal was like, No, I'm not he's letting I'm not letting you get out of range. And that third round yeah. caught him with a nice shot. And I thought, wow, Jeff Neal's actually gonna pull this off. Yeah, it looked like he could get him out of there. Man. Dude, that was an incredible fight. That's one of the fun that that third round was one of the best rounds I've seen live. I mean, it was it was so to be there oh. in person. Those are the fights that Obviously, big, huge moments like the Grasso fight. But when those kind of fights are going off, I remember the same thing for Hamza and Gilbert when we were there. It was just like when that kind of energy, <laughs> You're like, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I, it's, just, it's just chaos, right? And uh, I don't even know. I, I can't wait till my time comes to where I get to finally get in the booth because I know it's going to happen. Of course. But like those moments when you're, when you're having to call a fight that's just batshit crazy, pardon my language, and it's hard to keep up with Pardon what's going the, on. My Manon fuel. Yeah. It's hard to keep up. You're just like, I don't even know what I'm saying. This fight's nuts. <laughs> Dude, it, you you instantly are on your couch with your buddies. And your buddies are just the guys or or gal yeah. that you're working with, right? Yeah. Because it's suddenly you're just losing your damn mind. Yeah. When it's so bad. Because there's no – in those kind of fights, it's even hard to – it's happening so fast. You can't even really focus on any one no. detail. Because just when somebody's – just when Jeff Neal's landing an insane combo – then Shafkot's like elbowing his face off, kneeing him to the oh, gut. Dude. It's like, oh my God. He put Jeff Neal in a blender. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Neal was very much in the fight. So I say that respectively, but like put him in a blender is in like, oh, you're going to miss weight. I am going to absolutely batter your body. Like yep. you could tell that that was like, on oh, the you, plan. you miss yep. weight. Like I'm going to the body. And yeah. that investment paid off. Because sometimes you run a risk when you go to the body loss, especially with punches. You get caught. You get caught with those it's, small it, And gloves. we've said it many times. That is 
It's such a commitment because where do your hands go when you want to hit to the body? They come down. And even when you're kneeing and kicking, you tend to need that leverage. So your arms move away from your face. You're yes. not kneeing people like this. No. You end up moving your body, elbow even, in close. Those kind of fights open you up for big shots. And he, he didn't care. He knew that was his way to get him worn out. Finally did. Took way longer than I think he and anticipated. it almost cost him. He almost got knocked out. And he almost got knocked out. I but mean, I don't care what anybody says. Jeff had him on the ropes. It's just the fact Shaft had so game. So game. And it, and it speaks to his conditioning, man. Mm-hmm. Because when you get hit with shots like that, one of the first things that's going to go cardio. is your cardio. Because yep. you're just going to be trying to recover. Your your whole system is just focused on not letting you die. Okay. Yeah, that's the same so, when I when I fought Pettis. When he, he caught me on one foot with that right hand. And I did. I lost all. You just don't even like, know what's happening. Yeah, it's, happening. it's madness. But what do you do with Shavkat then? Because <sighs> here's my here's my beef, and I have the same manager as Shavkat. Shout out to Ruby Sports Entertainment. I go, who's he going to call out after the fight? Danny goes, yeah, he's going to call Bilal. I'm like, perfect. Bilal doesn't have a fight. We don't know what Colby Covington's doing. We don't even know if he's going to come back. What's going to happen? But what does he do? He wastes his time on the mic. On a Colby Covington callout, I've tried it three times and it does not yeah, work. It, 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 and you, after you, you fight could, like that, you could get the Bilal fight. He's sitting in the front row right there, yeah. and he's top five. It's a good fight, and you waste your callout on Colby Shavkat. That's the only yeah. thing you did wrong on yeah. Saturday night was you wasted the callout. That's a good point, Michael. I mean, it, to to these fighters, that is such limited time. Yeah. That you're, you are the singular focus. It's all we care about. You just had a huge win. What's next? What do you want? Try to be bold, yeah, but realistic. Yeah, I've every like Col- you can call out Conor McGregor right then and there too, right? Never gonna get it. You're not gonna get it. Yeah, Colby. The calling out Colby Covington is the only fight I've never gotten. Every fight I've ever called out. Yeah, because you're probably being reasonable I, with I, them. When I called out Benil, it made sense. I got yeah. that fight. When I called out Tony Ferguson, made sense. Got that fight. Called out Neil Magny, made sense. Got that fight. Like as a fighter, you need to keep tabs on your decision, and you need to be honest with yourself. What's the most realistic fight I could get that is the best possible matchup for me to still in terms of me. not just yeah. like what's going to favor me, but what's going to be what's going to give me progress. It's good for the brand as well. Yeah. What like, what stylistically matches? Pull off fights right there. Right yeah. in front of your faces, right in front row. And that would be a hell of a fight. Do that in Abu Dhabi. And Bilal's the guy that's been saying he wants you know, he just wants to fight. He wants to fight anybody. Yeah. yeah. And now obviously Bilal's trying to fight above as well. But he's yeah. getting to a point where there's not much above. Well, I think after Shavkat's fight against Jeff Neal, don't be surprised if he's one spot beneath him. I mean, he's gonna jump Luke. He's gonna jump yeah. Wonderboy Thompson. I mean, could you do Wonderboy Shavkat? Maybe, but you know, Wonder Boy, he's I don't want to see Wonder Boy I don't want to see Wonder Boy fight Shavkat either. No, like, man. Let him have some badass. Bring fun in Raymond right Daniels. Yeah, and right. let him fight Raymond Daniels. Yeah. yeah. Let him go kickbox with some people in yeah. the octagon. That's all we want. That's all we want. I'm not I'm not discrediting his skills, but you know what else we want to see? Shavkat. I think we want to see five rounds. Let's do five rounds. Let's do five rounds. That's that, that was smooth, Michael. He liked that. <laughs> I learned from the best. Ah. You know, look at this. Learn from this guy. Get out of here. I don't know if we're I I personally cannot read any of that. I will read, Paul. I got good vision here. So the question is, do you think it'll be a mistake to put Bo against the top 15 middleweight right now? Some of the takedowns were being defended to an extent, and he was going 100 miles an hour with transitions, which could prove costly against the top experienced middleweight. Paul, what are your thoughts? Well, 
I, we kind of talked about this before we started the show, and I, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think he's going to want it, but I, I do think it's a mistake. I don't. When we get these young studs in, man, I like to see them just mm-hmm. get slow played a little bit. And to both, I'm not saying that you couldn't go on and and do damage to just about anybody, okay? But just get some money, gain some experience, get time in the octagon, just like any sport. You don't go and wrestle uh, for the Olympic trials two years into your wrestling career. You know what I mean? Like you build up to that. You need the matches, the experience to get there. It's not any different in the UFC. The man has four professional fights. So I do think it would be a mistake. Not necessarily for the reason that that maybe our Twitter friend there is trying to allude to, like maybe he would get destroyed or something like that. But I agree. Slow play. And stop accidentally kneeing people in the groin as well. It's a sprint, not a marathon. And I'll go out on a limb and say this. Like Alex Pajeda got to a title fight and won in relatively short amount, in a relatively short amount of time. I'll go out on a limb and say, but you throw Bo Nickel in there with Poetan, his wrestling could po- could prove to be a problem. More than likely, Pajeda's going to win. But throw him in there with Whitaker, he's going to get his butt kicked. He's not ready for that. He's not yeah. ready for a guy that can do it all. So for Bo, but he, and he can be. I still believe. That by the end of 2024, this kid's going to be in title contention. I think he's going to he's going to continuously evolve. There's a thirst for knowledge, and it's good that he's hungry and shooting high. Mm-hmm. But he, you know the UFC, of course, the UFC sees the the potential. It's his in job him. to do it, and it's the UFC's job to play promoter and to try to say, "Hey, cool, cool, cool." Yeah, love that. Yeah, love that you want to fight for the title tomorrow. Yeah. How about we fight this guy over here instead? Yeah, let's build him up. I mean, that's what you got to do. Because you're making X and X, even if it's a different contract than your average debut. Mm-hmm. It's come on, yeah. Build, build, give yourself some some experience. I I think that's that's the move for Bo. Yeah, I think so too. Next, with Gamrot winning, would you put him against winner of Gaethje and Fazeev? I'll go first on this one. Do it. Um, for Gamrot, I would give him the loser. Because this is the way I'm looking at the landscape of the lightweight division. Okay. But Neil and Charles Oliveira, they have a fight coming up in May. That is the number one contender's fight. Undoubtedly. Because Benil deserves that. He should be fighting for the title. But that fight's the number one contender fight. And if Charles wins, he deserves to go on a fight for the title as well. Because he's Charles Oliveira. And we also got him in. We got have and you gotta remember we got Chandler and Connor waiting in the wings. And we don't know what weight that's going to be at, but if Connor goes out there and upsets Chandler or beats him, I don't know what the odds are. That throws a, a total yeah, wrench he just in the needs gears. Any W anywhere for him to kind of just start calling shots. So I think with Gaethje and Pazeev, I think that th- that whoever wins that fight is like the next in line behind the winner of Charles. Yeah, I think they got a while. So, so I think you do think whoever loses that fight. That's that's got to be the guy to the, fight. The lightweight division yet again. Now that things have shifted a, a bit, it's like. It's tough, man. It's a it's tough that it's a division. Tough that is just that's so much. Depth. We saw it with Tony. You're seeing it with Benil now. It, it, I mean, you you can go on eight, ten fight win streaks and not be holding that belt. It's it's madness. Well, the crazy, madness. the good thing for Benil is though, Paul is is he's his his winning streak has not been boring. It's been like Tony's oh, fun, where, where it's been very exciting, great finishes, great great fights. The thing that he has going for him headed into this fight with Charles is Charles will bring it out. Of yeah, he'll bring, he'll bring it out of you. So how if Benio wins, however he does it, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So yeah, so I think for for Gamrot, I, love I that think fight. Loser we've been wanting that fight. That's gonna be fun. 
It's going to be a fun fight. Next. They're all, they're all fun fights. What do you got? Oh, I love UFC Obsessed. She's awesome. Uh, how do you think Grosso's win in terms of biggest upsets in UFC history? And has John unequivocally reached GOAT status? Paul? Why well, I think John for sure yeah. has reached uh, GOAT status. And man, top top five of craziest, top three mm-hmm. craziest upsets. I mean, well, let's see. Let's let's throw a few out. Yeah. You brought one up earlier, obviously, yep. with Juliana. Yeah. Monique, Crazy. I'm going to answer Monique directly because I just now remember her name. Do yes. You, I think it's Monique Sandu or something I like that? I don't know. But I'm guessing. Exactly. But I love her on Twitter. She's but great. always, she's great. Always participating. She's always great. Um, I mean, you're never in my in my opinion, you're never going to be the, the the upset of Amanda Nunes. I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but it's like you look at how the odds were stacked against Julie. You know, Amanda. You know, as a broadcaster, they're saying don't you have to address her as the greatest female combat sports athlete of all time. Like, why do you think I could say roll that off the tongue so easily? Cause yeah. that's what she was, you know? So for Julie to go out her and beat her Maybe like she, that in a crazy dog fight back and forth war. I mean, that's, you just, you can't top that, but I mean, Grosso definitely slides up in there in the top three. I mean, that was yeah. incredible. I think my top three would be Juliana and Nunez. Number one for the rest of my life. Dillashaw Burrell, which I fought that night at 173. He's huge underdog, like 11 to 1 yeah, underdog. I remember that one. And Burrell was Nobody like, he was giving. It's like a 35 win streak or well, something. Well, GSP and uh, Sarah was, yeah. I mean, yeah. madness. Yeah. But I'm just going off of fights I was at. So okay. for, for me, the like fights I was at, fights I was a part of. But yeah, I mean, Grosso, she's in the top three. And for John, I think I kind of touched on that. I think, I mean, at this point, you just got to give the man his flowers. We gotta quit looking for ways to uh, to say, well, but th- but but GSP did this, but but this guy did that. No, yeah. the guy's incredible. The guy's yeah. the goat right now. So incredible. Next, next, next. Out of the current Your eyes are so much better than mine. Uh, out of the current heavyweight landscape, who do you both see as the biggest challenge to John Jones? Well, we kind of. For me, it's Almeida. If he can keep it going. Mm. Almeida's got a lot to prove. I mean, he's he's he's, he's a beast, but I I think John even at this point is significantly bigger. Yeah, he's significantly bigger. I think he's got to build himself into the weight class a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's imp- he's very impressive, nonetheless. Um, oh, well, he's a beast. He is he's a beast. He's such a nice guy too. Yeah, I still think Blades is the guy. I just still think Blades. I just think the wrestling. I think that he's the only guy that can not only stop john's wrestling but actually get john on the defensive in the wrestling department and he's and he's evolving in the stand-up i mean yeah look at who blade blades losses are only against like the best guys i mean he's really well, he just i mean aside Derek from the lewis, lewis was like his kryptonite yeah just perfect big absolute power punchers that he just and then you see lewis lose to guys that don't even do what blades does as well as blades does but yeah. man sometimes there's a guy out there whether you're supposed to be the better athlete, the better fighter, it's just they got your number. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take this one all the way back. Matt Hughes versus Dennis Hallman is the epitome of that. I mean, Matt Hughes, the you know Hall of Fame dominant welterweight champion we've seen throughout the course of his career, he lost to Dennis Hallman twice in like less than a minute combined. <laughs> like, there's sometimes there's just somebody there's just out a there guy that's, that's got, got, you got your out. number. Yeah, yeah, and like that, just what you said. Like Lewis is just that guy. 
to blades where I, I that might happen again if they fought. And I, I, I hate to say that, but I will still go out on a limb and say Curtis Blades could be the guy to really put Jones in a, in a tough fight. And I see what they're saying with the um, the Almeida thing, right? He's so physically strong. He's, he's so good with his grappling that you you figure if it becomes a grappling match, it always got a shot. Even, even I mean, if, even if he's saying, on his back. Could he, yeah. could he grapple John from his back? Could, but man. But then you're dealing with the elbows. <sighs> And, oh, and that's the thing. We didn't even get to see any of that in this last one. So hopefully in yeah. the Stipe fight, if that all finally comes together perfectly. Yeah. International fight. We we'll get to get see some popping. I think that's it. Is that it? Is that it? Oh, no. Oh, no. We got one more. I can't count. Odd, smoke, odd smoker Steve. Smoking some odd stuff. Do you think <laughs> John Jones will call it a career after fighting Stipe Miocic this summer? Or will he stick around at least for UFC 300 next year? I don't know about John. But I know Jim Miller will be sticking around until UFC 300. I know he talked about that. Um, I know, but Jim, poor Jim has got some crazy thing going on in his eye. I heard Did about see that. that? What, no, what? What's he going? basically has a, I forget what it was called, but some sort of cataract from what happened to him. From a poke? Or from a punch? I think from getting punched. And now, I don't know that for sure. It could have been a poke in the fight, but it was from that crazy fight with uh, Hernandez. Hernandez, yeah. Wow. Well, sending my best wishes to, to So, to shout Jim out Miller. to Jim Miller and hopefully that he can fight again man because i know he really wanted to do that yeah but for john i mean we kind of touched i feel bad we kind of touched on a lot of these questions as we progressed that's because show. we're just you know what you know what it is probably is because we we read some of them ahead of time yeah, and we, then we just subconsciously had them in our in our brains but guys that means we're thinking about you and your yeah, questions absolutely. So very good questions the questions were good the show was good the fights were great what do we got this week? We got Peter Yan versus Marab Devalashvili, yes, yeah, and then we got the here. Ryan yeah. Span, Nikita Krilov. It was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago. Yeah, got some good fights on the horizon. I'll be sticking around, tune in. Yeah, and not next week, but the week or yeah, next week we'll be talking two eighty six. Yeah, but we yeah. won't be in studio. I love this. But this we is won't great. Be doing this, I love this. This, this is, is nice, much Paul. better. You know what? So the UFC is just gonna have to start flying me out here. No, you know what? The this. audio we're working on the audio. You know, we're always trying to work on some of the issues. Yeah. So if there's any issues, guys, it's because we kind of. We're put this to together um this isn't like our the set is doesn't exist just for us so yeah so. thank you to everybody that's been helping us with this show yeah and i just feel like you go forever with this but anyway yeah, that's ufc round up go 285 was awesome michael's got to go rest up i gotta go eat a whole nother pizza because <laughs> i got more stuff to, i'm gonna go eat a pizza tonight. oh send me a picture I oh see i will 100 percent. give me a give me that and morgan a you got any suggestions any guys got any suggestions on pizza places for yeah. me let me know tonight yeah on where i should order you have no nothing hey guys gotta give a big shout out we, get, old, we old gotta give morgan we gotta give morgan some credit here we lost richie but he's still in our hearts but we got morgan and we love her she's richie. a tiger richie richie's still tuning in though he's still watching the show we love you buddy Love you, Paisan. I still, I still send him inboxes on Instagram with weird, weird stuff. Me too. All right, peeps, we're out. <laughs>